what do we do when we find ourselves up against the many leadership challenges that exist within our chosen careers? We all have goals and achievements that we would like to accomplish. Unfortunately, these desires don't come equipped with insight or awareness on how to bring these accomplishments to light. In essence, this is why the Dream Octane Niche Finder Framework was formed. Our founder, Clifton C. Manning, spent the first 17 of his 20-year career in healthcare working with physicians and healthcare leaders to achieve patient-centric goals while possessing only an associate's degree in applied science. At times, these challenges were daunting and he felt unqualified to achieve the success he wanted. However, he focused on becoming intentional in reading every leadership book that he could find, as well as attending frequent seminars in areas where he saw opportunities to improve. Over time, as he applied insights gained from these various sources, he was able to successfully and efficiently cross the hurdles he found himself up against. Eventually, varying degrees of success within his sphere of leadership influence became more evident. The Niche Finder podcast is intended to bring similar insight to you, the listener, from those who have achieved some level of noteworthy success in their chosen career. Our hope is that the challenges they have overcome in the past will provide insight for your current leadership struggles and unlock the dream of achieving success in your own career. We believe that if innovative change is an engine, your unique dreams and abilities could be its fuel. And now I present to you the host of the Niche Finder podcast, Clifton C. Manning. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Niche Finder podcast. We're happy to have you part of this program. Again, this is, uh, you know, a new venture for us, but we're very excited to be able to be a part of the, the life cycle of what we feel to be your journey towards success. Uh, part of the, the background, if you just tuning in for the very first time with Niche Finder Framework, Framework is really to uh, give you some exposure to the journey of other people who have found success in their various fields. And um, obviously, you know, past performance is not a guarantee of uh, future earnings or transferable to everybody. And so uh, a lot of what you see um, or hear that these individuals have gone through, it came through various forms of effort, energy, and for some of them, you know, just just good fortune. But we think that it could provide some insight that could may possibly accelerate progress for individuals who may share some of the same passions or same uh, propensities or proficiencies that they may have. So without further ado, I want to introduce the Niche Finder framework to Mr. Lionel Jenkins. Thank you. It's definitely a pleasure to be here. I look forward to um you know, uh, being on the show and, and being able to help out as best I can. Yeah. So, so Lionel, you, we're going to get right into it. Um, for someone just meeting you in our audience, what vested interest would they have in your journey? Well, well, for me, um, growing up from, in Texas, small town, hard work is, is kind of like the staple, um, treat people the way you want to be treated. And that foundation is kind of set me up on a solid path to be successful in life, um, first and foremost. But um, like for me, I kind of gravitated toward um, real estate, but I was in the military for so many years um, that I kind of did both at the same time. And and actually there was a point where um, for me, I was going to school full time with the executive MBA program. I had a night job and I was in the military during the day. So I had 
like quite a few things going on. It's just really more of like just pushing yourself to do as much as you can while you can, because I knew that my military days were coming to an end because I did 31 years there and I was on the tail end of it. So I was trying to figure out what that next step was going to be. So um, real estate, it kind of popped up into my on my radar and I found like an area that people were kind of afraid to be in. And I saw the opportunity um, as I started running the numbers to kind of make it happen. So so that's kind of where I, you know, kind of started off with the process. So we, I, I hear you. So you, you have uh, the military background and thank you for your service, um, first and foremost. But 31 years, that's a substantial amount of time to have vested. So definitely have a career veteran. But you also then went into a completely different venture, which was in real estate. And so tell us a little bit about the real estate at the very start of your journey. What did you want to accomplish? Right. And and believe it or not, I have 12 years years um, doing real estate. So while I was in the military, mm-hmm. about halfway in, I knew that I was on my way out. So I planned for no more than 20 years in the military and everything after that was a bonus. So the way I got started with real estate was pretty much by, I won't say by accident because my family is deep into it and I was just, you know, refusing to be involved with it, you know, at that point. But when I was deployed overseas in Afghanistan, um, I had a good friend of mine who ran the numbers and showed me how how successful it could be. And every question I had, he had an answer. For example, it's like, hey, if you have a roofing problem, how do you do it? He put me in touch with his maintenance guy. If you have a legal problem, how do you do it? He put me in touch with every one of his professionals to answer the questions that I had. And this is while I was in Afghanistan. So one thing I want to point out is having a network is is bigger than just a key. It's essential to your success. And, and a mentor is even more essential because they kind of help you sidestep those landmines so that you won't spend as much of your resources. And sometimes resources is just time, you know, being okay. to whatever your goal is. Okay. And now with your real estate properties, um, are you, for someone who's, who, who don't know you or don't know um, the your company, what type of property management are you doing? What type of real estate are you actively involved with? Okay. Um, that's a great question. Um, I run actually two companies. Uh, the, the company that we're focusing on is Steel Arrow Properties. Um, and I do have a website, steelarrow.org. And I'll say that again, steelarrow.org. Um, so people can go in and kind of get a better understanding of what I'm doing. But what the company does is we basically give you everything you need to be successful. Whether you need to be um, helped out with some com- consulting, whether you need property management or whether you need contracting. So I basically put this company together because so many other people um, were asking me to help out that I decided to monetize that. And really, the whole goal wasn't to um, like um, initially get money from them. It was really more of I want to help you out. So 75 bucks. I talk you through the process. And if it's something that you'd like to do, maybe you would think about using my contractor services to kind of help you get through this process. 
Mm. And if you need consulting help, I would be able to help you along the way too. So that's kind of how the company came to came into fruition. What external struggles were you dealing with at the start of your journey? Well, the area, a lot of people thought that there was no value in the area. And once you run the numbers, you clearly see that there's some benefit. And even like some of the long term structures that are being built in this area where people are making significant investments, you basically just have to, you know, um, just stand by and watch the, the growth happen. And I've been doing this now for over 12 years. And it's night and day, you know, going back even five years um, because okay. of all of the investment that has happened. So, And this area that you're talking about is uh, where exactly? Uh, Camden, New Jersey. Okay. And so this is that's part of your external struggle that you find yourself going on. But did you have any internal struggles uh, when you started out? Yeah, well, um, for me, it's kind of like do I want to kind of push the military thing or do I want to go with real estate? So, cause really you can only pick one. And the more I was trying to do both, the more the military was suffering. It's like, I'm doing okay, but I could be excelling if I put the same focus that I was putting into the real estate as I was into the military. So basically I had to have the real estate take over or become the primary means of my direction of where I'm going toward the end of my career. And, and you know, you can kind of see the writing on the wall when you're in the military. You can kind of get an idea of whether or not you're going to make general, um, you know, just on how things are shaping up. You know, you don't get that far without understanding the landscape of where you are. So um, with that being said, um, for me, I felt like my best move was to focus hard on um, real estate. Mm. So when when you you went into this and I hear about the internal and the external um, you know struggles that you have, when you devised your plan, which I, I hear you saying that, okay, I see that as you put it, the handwriting on the wall. But when you devi- devised this plan, did you did you do you feel that you achieve the desire that you originally wanted to achieve? Well, when I started off, I it, yes, the answer is yes. But the problem is, or was I was thinking too small. Um, mm-hmm. All I wanted to do was make enough money for my daughter to go to college. So I achieved that a while back. And the the one thing that I kind of wish I that I had done was to think bigger or to dream bigger. So yes, I definitely achieved my goal and actually my niche became like um, when I was investigating this this process, um, I found a way to get into properties really cheap through like a government program. And, and this program is, which is still in effect, was I was able to get in like less than 10 grand. In a mm. lot of cases, it was 5,000. People think that I'm joking and I've, I have several people that can attest to, um, you know, that being the process or being a, a factual statement. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that niche, you know, I, I try to use a lot of wraparound services to kind of be able to take more advantage of helping people out. And, and it kind of has been working out so far. 
Well, part of the reason that, um, you know, I, I really appreciate you because I think that you have this selfless way about you and all that information uh, that was that you're somewhat touching on right now. You could easy well have just kept it to yourself. But uh, I just tell you just a quick commercial break on this. Um, I, I you know, when we first met and we were talking about real estate, you know, I remember you coming to me and saying and kind of telling me like, hey, where are these five thousand uh, dollar properties were and how to go about it. And, you know, as far as doing paperwork and things like that. And, yeah, I just jumped on it. And I said, well, if, if that's the case, I, if, if this guy's giving me guidance and he's he giving me 12 years experience, I'm going to go ahead and try to apply that thing right now, which 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 I did. Uh, and believe it or not, it, it it's ironic that we're having our show today because uh, yesterday what came in the mail was a certified envelope from Camden <laughs> with the property. How about that? So talk, so talk about that's the tap of you on the shoulder. I mean, it's really, uh, it's, I, I would not have that experience. And I just spoke to, uh, big up to ALC and, and, and Liz, uh, Zabalos, as well as Ahmed, um, as well. And, you know, uh, who's, who's, uh, helping from, uh, again, from our business school and we put together an LLC ourselves, but this is the first property that came to us for us to, to start, you know, filling out, you know, doing the whole arduous process of more paperwork and more hurry up and wait projects. But thank you for that. And and, I, and that's part of the reason why I, I really wanted to have you to come on here just to share, um, you know, some of some of the journey that you went through. And and I, I and I'm a testament of of the of the value you have to offer. Thank you, sir. Much appreciated. So let's talk about your niche now. Um, you know, for me, I believe there's five important questions. Um, the there is a book that is coming out. Uh, well, I'm hoping by uh, you know February 2021 uh, that I authored it called the uh, it's called Dream Octane: Seven Steps to Discover, Develop, and Deliver Your Your Niche. And I believe that when you are uncovering or discovering your niche, there are five important questions that need to be asked. And um, the first one of that is what is what is your passion? What are your strong interests? The second one, uh, what what do you do that feels purposeful or meaningful? The third one is what patterns do you have in your life? What exactly do you do that's natural that comes to you? And it's and it's it's easy to do because it's natural. You just have a tendency towards it. Proficiency is the fourth one. And that's just what you're good at. Different side of the same coin. But this is something that you have done so frequently and so often that you have developed a niche just through through the fact that it was um, something that you you've done over and over again. And then the last one is what problems do you solve? So I would love to go through those five questions with you to get your responses on on each one of them. If that's okay, Mr. Jenkins. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> All right. So, get it. so, so, tell me about your passion. What is it that you in in, in your niche, or what is it that you do um, that you say, if, even if you didn't pay me, I, I, I would do this? What part of your niche actually makes you feel that passion? Just helping people, um, like. And, and another thing is being part of a team. That was kind of what the military instilled in me. And I didn't realize how much I missed it when I left. So doing this, like helping people, you know, be- become self-reliant is fulfilling to me. Um, and, and I would absolutely do this for free if I, you know, wasn't getting paid to do it. And I'm actually not charging as much as I should be charging. Um, you know, as I kind of scale up a little bit, I'm going to reorganize um, how I'm doing my business. Because if I could 
well, I guess I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Like, how do I speak to myself ahead of time? But um, <laughs> let me let me just stay where I am for now and go to the <laughs> No, that's cool. That's cool. So uh, tell me about what, what do you do that feels purposeful? What do you do in your niche that you say, I feel like I was born for this? Well, being able to help other people understand the value of like, the different properties and to be able to kind of give them some of the learning that I've received in my EMBA programs, executive MBA programs, for example, explaining to them how this property could be worth, you know, it may cost you 30,000 to get it up and running, but when it is up and running, you can get your 30,000 back. Plus you can get equity out of it. You know, just being able to help a person realize their full potential by being able to become self-reliant. Mm. That's, is Felix, that's my niche. And then when it comes to a pattern now, the pattern is more so the thing that you may have at the very beginning of your, your the start of your journey, that is that is a natural tendency. Some people are good at math. Some people are, are good at, you know, at athletics. What exactly do you feel like you had as a pattern that actually helped you to uncover your niche? Well, like, uh, once again, I keep falling back to the military. It's more of, yeah, people are going to say no, but you just can't take no as the final answer. You got to be like, you got to think of some kind of way outside of the box to, to get to yes. Whether mm-hmm. it be you outbidding that person for the property or you figuring out some kind of strategic way to get it done. Like, I will figure out a way to get to yes somehow. Um, Mm. And it might not be on this deal, but the next deal is going to be a yes involved. So um, that's kind of where where my head is at when it comes to that. Mm, Sounds like uh, negotiations from uh, business school. Uh, You were listening. (laughs) I could tell you were listening. (laughs) Getting people a yes. So now proficiencies, these are the things that you you may not be naturally born with them but over time you've been doing them so so often you know um, in the book Outlier, Outliers um, Malcolm Gladwell actually talks about the 10,000 hours and how experts actually have this one common trait which is the amount of time that they put into their craft and so when we look at that from a proficiency standpoint what activities have you done and you've done it so often that you feel like that helped to shape your niche? Research just just mm. going in because when you're talking to people about properties and they're already like hesitant because of the area anyway you you almost have to become a subject matter expert in the surroundings so that they can not only feel comfortable in your knowledge base but you can also show them like what the future can be um so that you can talk to anyone from you know the janitor all the way up to the ceo and everyone is able to understand how you can make money or prosper, you know, in this process. Excellent. What problems do you solve? Uh, what challenges do people normally come up to you and say, you know, you have a unique way of solving this and I need help again. Um, so what yeah. problem solving uh, techniques do you use that you think help you with your niche? Well, a lot of people come through and they want to partner up, you know, they that's one of the first things they have because they have financial, you know, not struggles, but, you know, restrictions. Like I want to do it, but I don't have enough money. So why don't you and I get it together? So what I do with them is say, listen, um, I'm 
kind of at this point where I am in my career, I will partner. See, before I wouldn't, but I would part. I will partner with them to number one, help them get the property that they pay for. But I will also help them. But it didn't. It may not be the way that they want to be helped. Let's put it that way. And what I mean by that is, I'll help you through the process, but I'm not going to do it for you. You know, like okay. you got to put some of this skin in this game, um, and I am willing to help you. You know, um, I'll put my GC people to work. You know, um, I do have a small fee to help you get to the, you know, to the end part of this. But um, you got to put something in there too. And and as far as problem solving, there's really not too many issues that I haven't been able to solve when it's related to um, real estate. Excellent. And Sam, when you say GC, you mean general contractor, right? For those people yes, who may not know. Okay. Um, and then, you know, here's the next section. Now, I appreciate you sharing that information. It's very insightful. The last piece of this uh, interview that I want to get from you are the secrets, the secrets that you feel would be helpful if you were to, you know, rewind time back to, uh, let's say, 20 years before you uh, actually got into your niche. What would you, what secret would you tell your pre niche self that you feel would help to accelerate them for where they found themselves? at that point in time to where you are now the very first thing I would say is to get a mentor and mm -hmm. and not just any mentor a mentor that is at the level that you want to be not a person who's got four or five houses but a person who has a hundred unit complex where you want to be um, that's the first thing the mentor second thing is you got to be bold you know um, when I started I was getting one property at a time you know, sometimes two or three at most two at the time. And if I could rewind time back, I would get five, 10, 15 properties at a time. And I would bring more people in and we would develop them together. And I would probably have four to five times of the amount of money that I'm bringing in with me right now. Mm. Uh, you know, commercial break on this. I got to tell you, I've interviewed uh, a couple people thus far. One is a venture capitalist over actually in India. Um, and another one is a serial entrepreneur in Jersey. And both of them, both of them, uh, same entrepreneur event uh, like yourself. Um, when I asked them this question, they said exactly the same day. We're taking more risk if they had to do it over again. And I just found that I find that interesting, that commonality um, between everyone um, who have different walks of life, but the same end point. Now, tell me about a secret that you feel um, uh, is a must have to getting started, getting started and staying committed. So um, I'm going to pull back to like my military career. I had a very successful general who went on to, to be a, a very worldwide, world-renowned, you know, logistician using supply and logistics. And um, he said, there's really two things you need, discipline and a good attitude. And that, mm. those two things, it, and they overcome just about every obstacle that you face, whether it be having the knowledge to actually enter into the market. Well, discipline is going to get you there and good attitude is going to keep you, keep the people that really need to be around you to stay. So just discipline and a good attitude is what I would suggest to to anyone who's looking to do anything, because you don't have to be the smartest in the room, but you do have to have um, a good attitude to keep people around you, you know, because you're a halfway decent person. Mm. And now that you discover your niche, how challenging is it to do what you currently do? Well, to me, I like to challenge myself on a regular basis. Um, the niche that I have 
it's it's good, but it could be a lot better. And so what I've done is scaled it up. So by scaling it up, has it's required me to get additional skill sets that I didn't even know that I needed. So mm. so I'm in the process now of like basically expanding my niche to do something similar, but just on a larger scale. And so you're challenging yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and if you don't challenge yourself, you're going to get into that that rut to where it's just, you know, a nine to five or everyday thing where that challenge, that that desire to get to the next level is not going to be there anymore. It's just going to be like an average everyday situation. Mm. Uh, what has been your greatest struggle after you found your niche? Um, Just trying to get more people to see and understand how fruitful this possibility can be. Mm. So um, I didn't even know the, the power of the internet until I submitted one photo of a before and after job that I did and I've been getting work ever since. So mm. my biggest challenge is basically just putting it out there of who I am, what I represent, and you know how can I be of service to you? Because I have a menu of opportunities available. I was just so careful about putting it out because I needed it to be perfect or exactly the way I wanted it. Um, really, I just had to let it fly, let it go. Steelarrow.org is is out there now. It's in the stratosphere, mm. and I'm starting to see a little bit of love come back. All right. Uh, what secrets do you have to staying consistent? Well, it it kind of like in the military, you you get up every day, you do certain things, you got to do workouts, you got to do that stuff. Not saying that I work out as much as I should, but mm-hmm. there is a process that's ingrained in you from, you know, day one. And you, whether you even want to or not, you get up and you do certain things. Still make mm-hmm. my bed when I get up in the morning. You know, I run every so often. It's not as much as I should, but I still do those things because it helps you feel accomplished. You know, there's a saying that, you know, the military folks do more by nine o'clock than most people do all day. There's something to that, you know, get up early enough to where you can start getting everything where you want it to be so that by the time you're at the end of the day, you feel like you've done something, Um, Mm. especially when you work for yourself. You know, it's easy to get into that rut to where oh, I'll get to it tomorrow. I'll get to it next week. Well, next week will hit you in the face and you will suffer the consequences of not, you know, getting in front of whatever those things were you needed to address. How important is it to be accurate in pursuing or doing what your niche is at the very beginning? Um, It's critically important because you don't most people don't have a lot of resources to make those kinds of mistakes. And the bigger mistake you make, the more resources you expend. So it's more important to get it right the first time, because not only does it help you financially, mentally, you need a win so that it'll give you that boost to keep going. So if you strike out on the first go around, you may end up walking away from real estate altogether because you feel like you just can't get it right. So Mm. it's critically important. How frequent should one uh, make time to develop their niche? Um, Every single day. Like you should be thinking about whatever your, your niche is every day. And I mean, I spend at minimum one to three hours per day researching, thinking about 
doing something related to real estate. And it has served me well because as I'm speaking to people on different levels and I'm talking, you know, financial levels, there's a whole language that you need to be able to speak. And if you don't speak it, people walk right by you. And Mm. I am learning this as I go forward, you know, in these larger deals. Um, Mm. You know, there's terms out there that, you know, when people ask you and if you can't, you know, reciprocate or communicate to them that you understand and not only understand, but have thought about it and incorporated it into your plan, you're going to lose the deal. And we're talking millions of dollars now. Mm. So it's it's one thing to be talking about, you know, 40 or 50,000. But when you're talking about four or five million and there's, you know, and they're asking you these certain questions and you can't answer them, they're going to walk away from you. Mm. What level of intensity does one need to have, uh, in your opinion, to achieve their dream? Uh, well, it depends on what your dream is. If your dream is just to be able to get your own house, have your kids and, you know, pay for their college. You know, that could be a relatively, you know, easy accomplishment. But if you're trying to be, you know, like the next Warren Buffett or, you know, whoever, you need to put that same level of focus that they put in. They read three to four hours per day, which means Mm -hmm. that you need to be reading five to seven hours per day (laughs) because you don't have the same knowledge base that they do. Um, Even... um, the Microsoft CEO, Bill Gates, he reads, he goes away for weeks at a time to read just so that he can continue to be abreast of the things that are happening around him. And he's one of the the richest and smartest guys in the world. So every person needs to spend that kind of time in whatever their craft is so that they can get better. How do, how do you know when it's time to change course? And this is the last question I have for you. Um, how do you know when it's time to change cor- course versus staying focused on the goal? When it's not fun anymore. Like when you're mm-hmm. doing it and you feel like it's a chore to do and you don't see any value in it and you're doing it for the wrong reasons, yeah. um, it's probably time to, to see what else gives you joy. Um, so for me, uh, the real estate process, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it which is kind of what gave me the the impetus to go ahead and leave the military when i left the military i went to coca-cola um and worked there for a little over a year i was responsible for three departments and i had two over 200 people working for me and i was still buying real estate so um once again you have to figure out which way you're going to go because you can't be halfway in that's what I found. You can't put one foot in real estate and another foot on your in your into your job. You can do it, but you're going to do a half job on both sides. So mm. once you figure out which way you want to go, you got to put that attention in there. And, and once you do it, you'll start to see, you know, all of the clouds starting to go away. You'll start being able to see, oh, wow, this this makes sense. This opportunity makes sense. And when you can communicate it to people who wouldn't mind investing in you, that's when you start seeing the benefits of all of that research that you've put in, of all of these presentations that you've put together that you thought you would never use again, like from college. Because we use those 10, 20, 30 um, processes from our executive MBA program, and it has worked out like a champ. As a matter of fact, I'm meeting with the guy this Friday to talk about a $4 million deal. 
Mm. So, and, and and for those who, who are listening, I, I want to just uh, plug them into your, your 10, 20, 30, uh, <laughs> you know, um, you know, hot, tri- hot, hot take just a while ago. Uh, and what that is, I, for those people who are listening is, um, you know, uh, part of our business um, training was you should you should have a when you're doing a business presentation, they said a million dollar deals are often closed with 10 PowerPoint slides. Um, the font is 30 and 20 minute presentation. Is, is that accurate? That's yeah. right. That's that's, that's yeah. what I remember it being. And, and believe it or not, when you focus in on that, you will find that you can get a lot into 10 slides. It helps you be a lot more concise, a lot more organized and a lot more thoughtful and, and what you are uh, intentional and how you're presenting. And so, you know, uh, Lionel, there's so much more that we can definitely, you know, chop up. Uh, I, I do appreciate you being on a, on a program. I, I, I hope that this won't be the only time that we hear from you. I know that when I first met you, you only had a handful of properties. I don't even how many properties you have now, sir. Uh, we're over twenty right now. <laughs> all right all right so, so so not only do you have insight you also have humility and also grace and i appreciate you sharing all of that insight that you have um we're gonna be talking about property number one in camden uh offline though <laughs> <laughs> as, 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 you, as, you, as you know this is the niche finder framework uh where we believe our motto is that if innovative change is an engine your gifts and abilities could be its fuel Thank you for tuning in to the Niche Finder Framework. We thank uh, Lionel Jenkins for also participating and sharing his insight and on his journey and um, driving nuggets of truth that we can possibly use within our own journey. Thank you again. We look forward to hearing from you. Uh, uh, visit us on dreamoctane.org if you haven't already to, to find out more information and get more uh, offers that we have that we put together that we are proud of and would love for to get in your hands. And Lionel, where can they reach you on? Um, you can get me at stillarrow.org or you can give me a call 856-761-7422. Phone is on all day, all night. Let's get it. <laughs> all right. Uh, we, again, we thank you for, for tuning in to the, to the Niche Finder podcast. We hope that you make this a blessed day.